Hello and welcome to another drive-in double feature. I'm Ryan. I'm Nathan. And normally this is the podcast where we talk about two movies every Tuesday and Thursday, but we are continuing our week with the fourth movie in the series that we are covering, and that is Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Freddy is back and he's causing all kinds of havoc mm-hmm. in people's dreams. And, you know, this, yeah. I really like that we got to talk about the other three movies, Nathan. Yeah, and we finally got to the one with the baby in it, right? I love that. No, that's, that's, dream, that's Dream Child. That's oh. the fifth one. We're going to oh, talk about okay. that one tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Lo- yeah. A big Dream Child fan, as many people are. <laughs> no, no, I will stop. We are going to be talking about Friday the 13th. Part four, the final chapter, directed by Joseph Zito. And it's the final chapter. We're not going to be talking about anything tomorrow. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I know it, it's weird to end things on uh, Thursday the 12th, right. but it just it's how it ended up. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, but, you know, it's this nice, solid, you know, quadrilogy, you know, ends on a, ends on a, they, they are at least able to end it how they wanted to end it. Yeah, exactly. Even though they were supposed to end it at number three. It's, it's the, it's literally the franchise that well, they can't I, kill. <laughs> personally, I think they should have just said every movie with a subtitle, the final chapter. I think that so would, too. <laughs> they could have ended it however they wanted to end it. It's, it's, it's much, the final one. It's much better than putting like the first movie in the title or the first outing or so, like, this is our very first one. So, um, cause that, that usually ends very poorly. <laughs> Right. Well, uh, like I said, this is directed by Joseph Zito. Does that name sound familiar? God, no. What else has he made? He did one of our movies that we talked about, and that is Invasion USA. What a a king. All right. Well, here's the thing. I could could see it because I had a good time with Invasion USA. You know what? I had a good time with this one, too. You could definitely see Chuck Norris as Jason. Yeah, I mean, it's just like an <laughs> unstoppable force. Like, I, I can see it. Yeah, you know, like, at first I was not liking it, but, like, I, as I was, I was like, okay, they're kind of getting into, like, a little bit of a groove here. And yeah. they're, they've kind of realized that these human characters are not very important. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I felt the same way. I, I was like, this is a really slow start. It's kind of a little goofy, especially the hospital scenes. I did not know what they're going for with that. But as the movie went on, I was like, okay, yeah, I really got into it. I think it might be my favorite sequel in uh, the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it beats two for me, but it's mm-hmm. definitely like, they're finally starting to realize, okay, this, we don't really need to spend time and try to develop these human characters. Let's just try to make some really horrific kills and let's try to make this as fun as possible as we go along. Exactly. And and that's what it is. It's, it's a really good time with some really gruesome kills. Like this is the, pro- the most gruesome one of the bunch. Like there are some crazy kills in this one. 
I, I do want to start, since you mentioned it, I do want to talk about that hospital scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, this movie has, like, a weird obsession with, like, uh, I guess not. it's not porn that he's watching, but watching women on film uh, in a sexual manner. Because, like, there's the doctor, right? And there's scenes of him just watching, like, aerobics women, like, <laughs> shaking their ass. And he's just obsessed with this thing. Well, well I guess he's a coroner, not a doctor. Well, yeah. And... <laughs> The very first scene with the corner two, you know, the like the paramedics that bring the dead dead Jason in, they're like, Oh, like how can you work in a place like this? He's like, Oh, it's you know, no big deal. You see that body over there, you just go over there, you take your pants off and you just kinda you know, he's suggesting necrophilia on these dead bodies. Yeah, he was like well, he's like, Oh yeah, that that dead body's cute. And then uh, the guy's like, Oh, you mean she was cute? And he's like, No, no, she's still cute. (laughs) Like uh, Yeah. Just disgusting. Right. But yeah, the aerobics tape you're watching. So it's just, it's, it's a woman, like a group of women, like they all have their, their asses like in a circle and they're mm-hmm. like, they're, I mean, they're in leotards and stuff, but they're just like, yeah. how they're basically just in a circle, like moving their butts up and down. It's really suggestive and like, <laughs> and uh, this main doctor is like hitting on like a nurse that works here. Well, before you move on to that, uh, yeah. about the aerobics tape, do you know that's actually a real aerobics tape? Really? So I, I, had, I did some research on that. <laughs> you had to figure <laughs> out where where you uh, can find this tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I broke it on my VCR. Of course, of course. <laughs> I bought it off of eBay. No. Nice. Uh, no, so the video is actually called Aerobicize. Okay. So exercise and aerobics put together and it's like a real aerobics tape. It's like an hour and a half long and it's just women doing these different aerobics. Just are you supposed to like, follow around, follow it, like exercise with it? Yeah. Okay. And here's another fun fact. The main aerobics person. So like, there's like one scene where like one of the aerobics persons by themselves, mm-hmm that person actually went on to star in Friday the 13th part six. Oh, that's really cool. Actually. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's a fun connection. Do you think like there was a producer or a casting director that just like made that connection or something? No, I think it was some pervert that was watching a robot size. I'm like, let's put this woman. In yeah, this let's, movie. let's call her <laughs> up. I like that one. <laughs> and, uh, well, when we talk about number five, she actually has behind the scenes on that movie too. So nice. Okay, cool. I don't know about you, Nathan, but when I'm in a morgue, nothing turns me on more. And when I'm with my female nurse companion, we just we gotta yeah. get it on. Well, it's weird because, like, okay, I get the guy's a creep. Like he's like gross and will do anything. But this nurse is is not as represented as that. But she's still ready to go at it. Um, but unfortunately a dead body touches her while they're having sex. I, big turnoff, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and they run out of there. Right. It, yeah. It's actually kind of a funny scene. Cause the guy, I forget what he said, but like the woman like gets really pissed at him. And she mm-hmm. says, she says, you're the Super Bowl of self-abuse. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I heard that weird line. And, like, I, I love her acting in this because it is so over the top. Like, all of her motions and everything. Because, like, her nurse suit is, like, unzipped. And she zips it up so angrily. I I, I loved it. Yeah, well, so, like, they're making out. And then 
the dead body touches him. She gets really angry. And then she's like, then she's kind of okay with it. And yeah. like, and she's like, then her volume goes down. But then I guess the Jason's hand moves again mm-hmm. and it startles the coroner. And he starts saying, he starts like cursing, like exclaiming, like, but it goes on for a really long time. Like yeah. for that type of scene, like, Oh, just like Jesus Christ, Jesus, damn it. And God, uh, and he like talks for like, 30 seconds he says the word christmas shit too yeah yeah and i and i think this this shot is like from the point of view of like the nurse right like it's just the nurse standing there listening to him like doing all these expletives it's really awkward i don't know who put this together yeah it, it, it it's it's funny like what a weird intro well i guess the real intro is the the uh, the best of montage at the beginning of the yeah, movie that we they always have to do but i think this one does it a little better because it is like a compilation versus rather than like a whole scene from the last movie yeah and i mean i guess it's a little more forgivable because they actually did think this was going to be the final movie so yeah, it really tied it together they were like okay this is it here's all the the best of from friday the 13th yeah, and like it was a year between the last one. You know, they were consecutive before. They waited a year till this one. You know, memories they die out in a year. That's what I've heard. So they really couldn't keep up with that. Yeah, you know, I, I as soon as the movie's over, I forget all about it. I mean, I do, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but we don't have to go into that. <laughs> oh, so the movie starts and. They, they, you know, obviously Jason kills the nurse in the corner and we get introduced to our ragtag group of teens. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And one of them is Crispin Glover uh, in a very early role, I guess, right before Back to the Future, where he would really blow up. Um, and his friend, I'm forgetting the actor's name now. They're like the ragtag, like you said, ragtag duo. Um, yeah. But his friend was his friend was actually in a canon movie, Last American Virgin. He was the star of that movie. That's crazy. Which is a movie we should do at some point. That's uh, yeah. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, yeah. But no, and I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, at points, I thought they were annoying, but I actually kind of liked them. It might be the close after. I think it's after watching the third one where we got straight caricatures. We actually got characters that are a little, at least a little different, at least a little bit relatable. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, though. I was just wondering, like, because I, I did kind of wonder, I'm like, how are these two friends? Because yeah. <laughs> one, one is obviously super self-conscious and just doesn't have, a, has very low self-esteem. And the other guy is just basically like, no, yeah, you suck. <laughs> like, yeah. But I think the way it works is, like, because this guy talks all this game and he's confident. But in the end of the movie, you find out he's, like, kind of a loser and nobody actually likes him. He actually gets, like, left alone at the very end of the movie. Um, yeah. While, while the insecure guy, you know, he gets laid, which you know what that means in these movies. So It means he lives a long, happy life. Yeah, he gets to survive. Uh, but Crispin Glover is definitely being... Crispin Glover. I guess he always has acted like Crispin Glover in every movie, stuttering, weird motions, and everything. Well, there's a we're jumping ahead, but there's a scene, you know, there's a dance scene where they're dancing in the house and like mm-hmm. they're dancing to a song, and he he does some pretty outrageous dance moves. Yeah, I from like the mm-hmm. the Camp Crystal Lake Memories documentary, 
the way they were talking about it i because when i first saw it, i was like oh crispin clover's doing a bit you know this is like a joke but was he really just dancing is that just how this man dances i i, I would assume like he's kicking his legs waving his arms and everything yeah, yeah. I, that wouldn't surprise me i mean I mean, we don't know because in Back to the Future, it was a slow dance, the chant, Enchanted Under the Sea. So we don't we don't really know yeah. if, how he would have reacted during a fast song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, did we get to see him? We didn't get to see him dance whenever um, Michael J. Fox comes out. And no, we didn't song. see the Johnny Be Good. We didn't see them dancing during Johnny Be Good. No, unfortunately. Were you confused at all? So, you know, every, every one of these movies, there's a final girl. Were you confused about which one was the final girl until the end of the movie? I did. I totally did. Uh, the women characters, especially in this movie, I, they just weren't really strong stand out. I, I don't know. They, they just really didn't stand out to me very much. They, they seemed very underwritten. So there's one woman that's like, you know, she's very sex positive you know loves you know loves sex and you know loves her boyfriend or whatever that doesn't make it clear even though she's kind of like all over him but he's kind of like "Ah, you know we're not really official but uh yeah but yeah there's that girl and then there's the other girl named sarah or sarah yeah i think samantha but they but yeah she's kind of like the brainy one kind of that's interested in like the other dude she doesn't really do anything in this movie yeah i thought they were maybe setting her up to be the final girl that's what um, i thought because she she doesn't have sex for most of the runtime um but this movie does a weird thing where uh which i think is interesting where it has next to the house with all the teenagers another family um a mom a daughter and then a son played by Corey feldman uh and yeah, and I guess that girl ends up being the final girl, not even tied to the teenagers Jason is killing. I, yeah, and, I, and it's that's interesting. Why I, right, and that's why I was confused. I'm like, she hasn't done anything. She hasn't interacted with anybody. Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird. It's almost like they had to do the... Because it almost was set up kind of like Corey Feldman would be the one that lives, right? But they wanted to keep the final girl trope, so they just went with that as well. Right. Well, because there was a scene where she actually was going to interact with the people. And they're like, hey, Trish, come hang out with us. She's like, no thanks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, because the little little Corey Feldman's trying to go into the lake while everybody's skinny dipping. And th- this is very young Corey. This is Corey uh, before pre-fame. This like, is before Goonies. Fame. Yeah, right before Goonies. Um What's your favorite Corey Feldman movie, Nathan? <laughs> the Burbs. Gotcha. I, I think I think maybe The Burbs. Um, uh, but what's your favorite Corey Feldman movie? Oh well, that's that's obvious. Probably uh, uh, Stand by Me. Stand. Oh oh crap! I forgot about Stand by Me. That's like one of my all time favorites. I love Stand by Me. Yeah yeah no, but he's been in great movies, and uh, I. I like him in this movie. I Wait, actually what, do like him. So do you don't think this movie would have been better if they had gotten Corey Haim instead of Corey Feldman? Uh, I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't. I think I've seen way less Corey Haim movies than I've seen Corey Feldman movies. Oh, you haven't seen License to Drive or Dream, Dream a Little Dream? Mm-mm. 
I oh, thought I thought I'd seen uh, a movie by uh, with him in it. Uh, Can't buy me love, but that's not Corey Haim. That's, that's Patrick, Patrick Dempsey. Ba- Patrick Dempsey. Almost said Patrick Bateman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a much different movie. <laughs> yeah, it would have. Um, but, all right. Well, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, Corey Feldman is Tommy Jarvis, who Tommy Jarvis does play a significant role later in the yeah. series. Uh, but in this movie, he's just kind of like a little. Little scamp. He loves the. Mm-hmm. He loves watching women undress like, yeah, loves, across yeah. across the water and. Uh, yeah, he's kind of a little, little creep. But he also makes these wonderful, like, like movie quality special <laughs> yeah. effects masks. Movie perfect masks. Like these are like beautiful because that's what you see him at first. He's playing on a little computer game, and he turns around. He's like wearing this alien mask. And it, it looks amazing, but I guess he makes these. Because first thought is like, oh, he bought that. He's buying these. No, he loves making a blood and guts effects. He's like a little little Tom Savini who returns in this movie to make the spe- special effects for it. I think that's what they said they were going for, is that he was supposed to be like a young version of Tom Savini. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my favorite facts about him in this movie is that everybody on set loved him except for Jason. The guy who played Jason hated Corey Feldman. Like in that documentary, he's like, "I wish I could have bent him over and spanked him." It's like, oh, oh my know. god! He's like, I, I, because like everybody spoke so highly of Corey Feldman. Like mm-hmm. the casting director was like, "I'd never seen anybody like him," and like the the uh, the girl that played his sister said. Oh, you know, I felt like a big sister to him. I took him out trick or treating, like went on our mm-hmm. offset days. And then you had Ted White, the guy that played Jason, who everyone says is like the superior Jason of the series. Um, but I don't, I don't know. know. Yet. We'll see. Yeah. But anyway, he said, "Yeah, he was. Like, I hated that little kid. You know, I just he's like he was such a brat, running and screaming around the room." And and Corey Feldman was a lot more favorable speaking of ted white where he was just said yeah, like it was really he's like, nice he's like you know he's he's a total professional i had nothing but respect for him i just don't think he knows how to handle kids yeah which is i, I really i was it was really nice to hear Corey feldman say that like just like i guess be more understanding of the situation which we'll we'll see in the next movies uh that's this is going a little far but it seems like the next one's a little little bit crazier on set this one on set sounded like everybody had a really good time and it was really put together very well well except for one part there was one yeah yeah which we'll get to one scene i always (laughs) i thought was it was mean but it was funny it was like the female hitchhiker scene so it's like yeah what was that (laughs) (laughs) the woman this woman you know, she's just, she's begging for a ride and she has a sign that says, please give me a ride or whatever. And Ted is just like, you know, like, oh, screw you, like, or whatever. And yeah. uh, and then she holds up a sign that says, you know, fuck you on it. And and then Jason, like, oh yeah, she takes a banana out of her backpack and starts eating a banana. Mm-hmm. And then Jason comes up and stabs her through the neck. Yeah, and, and she squeezes she just, the banana. <laughs> Yeah, squeezes the banana so it squishes. Yeah, what a that's such a funny scene because it has no bearing on the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. I was like, what was the point of that? Yeah, I guess to kill somebody. Yeah, I think so. I think they were like, oh, the audience is going to be bored now. Let's just kill somebody. And that character's really interesting. I, I don't know because I, 
they don't even discover the body or anything later. She's she's forgotten about as soon as it happens. Um, well, it's they actually interviewed her too, which was kind of which is funny. And she was actually eating a banana during her interview. <laughs> of course, you have to. You have. To. She's like, I love bananas. <laughs> if she ever goes to a convention, she, I'm sure somebody is going to give her a few bananas or something. Banana hitchhiker, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here's a here's a weird thing about this movie. It has a word or a saying that comes up multiple times and that's a dead fuck gets said a lot in this movie because the main guy's friend calls crispin and uh, glover that and constantly is like calling him that over and over and over to the point which is pretty funny um after after crispin glover has sex with one of the twins he uh <laughs> he he uh he's like what was i a was I a dead fuck? <laughs> it is so lame. Yeah, it's like, oh, you are incredible. And uh-huh. so I mean he got to die. He he completed his story arc. Yeah, he did. He finally died. And what a gruesome death, too. Uh, yeah. That one is is a cool one. Yeah, the corkscrew through the hand and then a cleaver right to the face. Yeah. There's a, there's like some finalness to some of the deaths in this one that's like really brutal it lingers more because i feel like the third one got cut to bits this one like lingers on the blood a lot more which is well you say that but they actually said during the documentary that they actually had to cut a lot of the deaths yeah it's interesting yeah because they say that but i i don't know this this one seemed a lot heavier than the others well they said i think they said they actually sent like made like the death super long and super gruesome because they really mm-hmm. wanted the jason death to be very violent and they wanted it to be very you, you know like, very impactful so they're like we will cut every other person's death please just don't cut the jason death scene yeah i've heard of that before i've heard of movies making like really gruesome or like just really messed up mm-hmm. scenes to get those cut for an r rating well, I remember they did that for, this is going off, but that movie Team America. Really? Where, they, they did? Well, like, because, you know, it's the two puppets. It's the puppet movie. And, like, mm-hmm. there's a scene where they, like, the two puppets have, like, a really long sex scene. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, in the unrated version, it's, like, this super long, super graphic, like, <laughs> sex scene. And then uh, then they had to, like, the motion picture people were like oh you gotta cut this so they still they got the actual link that they actually wanted for the scene because that's awesome because that's what they but it was just funny no that's good that's good um speaking of sex uh there's oh okay yeah 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 like got you enticed (laughs) there's actually no sex but uh i guess it's nudity they there's a weird part in this movie where everybody joins around and they find like an old silent porno movie like softcore porn and they just watch it and laugh they're laughing their ass off at some naked women dancing around from the 30s yeah or whatever oh, from, oh is it, yeah yeah it's just old footage and uh yeah i mean i get it they're smoking weed but even if i was high i don't think i'd find it that funny <laughs> well that's i okay i mean i could maybe see like oh haha that's so weird or whatever like after mm-hmm. like five minutes but that one character ted that's what he does the entire night yeah yeah everybody dies and and Ted there is just enthralled by this. He actually dies through it because he walks up to the screen and Jason stabs him through the the screen. Yeah, I, 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 that's the thing. I was just like, okay, how long? Well, I was like, one, I'm like, how long is this movie? Mm-hmm. And then two, like, what is so fun? I mean, 
I guess, like you said, he was high, but I can't imagine that would be that enticing while being high for that long. No, no. You get bored and move on to something else. Uh, Which, but I guess he was alone. Everybody else left him. Yeah. I guess. But they did say the actual actor, he was like, oh, I was, he said, I was really stupid when I was a young actor. So I wanted to do everything for real. So <laughs> when I shot that scene, I was actually high. And yeah. he said that was a huge mistake. Because yeah, a horrible just, idea. <laughs> because he said I was super paranoid. I couldn't even comprehend what the director was telling me to do. Yeah, uh, let, you're in Friday the 13th. You don't have to be a method actor. I I promise you. But uh, some other scenes I thought was great uh, was there's one where they're walking their dog like in the house and the dog gets so scared. The dog jumps out of the window, like breaks through a window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- and the dog a, runs off. There's quite a bit of window breaking in this one surprisingly that's like a thing they go to a lot my okay my favorite scene so far was and i don't it was so funny but but so the girl that the the twin that has sex with uh crispin glover she's upstairs and jason grabs her throws her out of the second story window she lands on the car and it doesn't like the car doesn't just dent like the car windows explode like explode like it looks like an explosion happened on the inside of the car and (laughs) dude it was was just i it was so funny to me because it was it sounded like an explosion like yeah they added the sound effect and everything and it it is and it's It's, funny because his death is not gruesome at all that's it like she gets thrown (laughs) on the car and it's over that's her death scene yeah it just i was not expecting it to be that impactful because she just she hits it and then she just fall and then she falls off the car and then she's dead yeah exactly that that's it um there's another death scene in uh in a shower which involves glass breaking as well where his hand goes through and he like breaks her breaks the dude's nose with his hands like he's killing people without hand with his just bare hands oh yeah that was the funny yeah. scene too because uh ted white said like tom savini came up with to him and was like hey can you just this is the only head we got can you be a little gentle like don't don't rip it apart and and then joseph zia like came up behind him after he was done talking and was like hey don't listen just <laughs> tear that thing apart <laughs> I wonder like, what right, Tom okay. Savini was like in the background. I also, I wonder what convinced Tom to come back. Except, well, probably money. Uh, after being like, a, two, two is such a like step away from Jason. And he's like, all right, I guess I'll come back for the fourth one. Yeah, well, he hated the other sequels, supposedly. But yeah. um, he basically, I, I mean, I'm sure it was money, obviously. But mm-hmm. he did say like, oh, well, you know, I could create him. And this is me getting to destroy him yeah yeah and that that makes sense it's like full circle and god let me tell you that his jason's death scene like you talked about like they didn't want that cut for good reason because it is crazy because he falls head well he gets a machete in the side of the head and he falls on it and as he slides down it the animatronics of the face is still moving it is uh, a sight to behold it is something yeah i it's it's very graphic and i can see why they're like they i mean it was pretty much like i think would have maybe would have made it a little more 
poetic as maybe him getting beheaded like his mother, but yeah. But you know, it was like it was still kind of cool. It was like he he lived by the machete, he died by the machete. So exactly. Um, and there it's was- weird. There's a whole long chase scene with him chasing around the final girl, and I I think it's funny how it's edited because in this whole time you see Corey just shaving his head in the bathroom while his while his sister's being terrorized like oh okay let me go ahead and go bald really quickly it's a weird way to build tension yeah i was a little kind of like well i guess i was wondering like how did he know that would work yeah it's just a jump in logic and i guess it kind of calls back to um the the one girl and two wearing the sweater but like that was a last ditch effort jason was there she had to put it on Corey there took his time shaving his head like it it was about a couple minutes cut into the movie of him shaving his hair like he yeah, had to broke. be committed he's breaking out the shaving cream he's got yeah. shaving cream on his head yeah. and he doesn't even do good do a good job there's like strands hanging off and everything I guess I didn't have because I mean if I had electric clippers and that was my plan I I think I could pr- get my hair pretty fast I think so too yeah um but I mean it does work because his plan is to basically get Jason to focus on him so Jason can get distracted um one thing I do like about the death scene is that when Jason dies they actually make sure he's dead and like start chopping him up yeah, there's no like jump scare or anything like that really. Um he just it's pretty much he makes sure Corey chops him multiple times with a machete over and over Tommy Jarvis uh yelling die 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 in slow motion <laughs> for whatever reason. There's another funny one when uh that one guy was getting killed and He's literally screaming out, he's killing me, he's killing me. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Thanks for letting the audience know that you're getting killed. <laughs> um, oh, uh, crap, we did talk about the one death scene that's in a boat, uh, like the, the raft, and the, and the girl's laying there naked, and she gets like stabbed up through the raft. I actually, I'm glad that the documentary covered this one because I remember watching that and being like, how did they do that? I actually didn't know. It was actually really, it was really cool. Yeah, they they were basically saying she, she said she had hypothermia because of the, she was out there and naked for so long and the director was like, it's just a couple more minutes, honey, or whatever. And, yeah. and Ted White had to basically just be like, let her go. And he's like, well, we're almost doing it. He's like, either you let her go or I'm walking off set. Like, whichever you prefer. Yeah, and, which is, it sounded like Joseph Zito was kind of a dick in that situation. It was like, hey, you're staying in the water. You're not getting a break. Because it sounded like she was about to cry. And yeah. obviously she got sick for a couple of days after. The other one too was uh, the girl Trish falling out of her second floor window and she landed like in the dirt. Like, and they don't cut from that scene. Like she falls from the second story yeah, and hits yeah. the dirt. Yeah. And it's interesting because like while she's falling, the way they cut from that falling shot to the next one, it's pretty accurate because like she's wearing a dress and her dress like flies up as she's falling and she's landed in the dirt and the next shot her dress is up and she's like it's like she landed i i didn't think they were gonna do that I, it felt a little exploitive but it is what it is it's it's the 80s yeah, i'm waiting until exactly. you get to the next one but oh yeah <laughs> but uh overall i you know it was good um yeah i 
I, uh, so, you know, like I said, Joseph Zito directed this movie. Um, did you know that there was actually a behind the scenes story where uh, Chuck Norris came on set and he actually recommended that Whoopi Goldberg be in this movie as well? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, uh, I got, I got a good friend, Whoopi. <laughs> yeah. Let, she wants to and, play Jason. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then when he, and he's like, look, I'll put Whoopi Goldberg in our next movie that we make together. And then when he didn't follow through, that's what made Chuck Norris mad. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's when Joseph Zito got blacklisted from Hollywood because of <laughs> Chuck Norris. You won't direct the Chuck Norris movie in this town again. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know how many Chuck Norris movies get made. That's a lot of work. Not, not for Joseph Zito. Um, but no, I, I, I actually, I, I quite enjoyed this one. It, yeah. It's, it's um of course it's not living up to the original i think the original has a power of its own but this one works as like i feel like this will end up being like what i would want from a friday the 13th sequel enough silly enough kills it's fun and i will say too uh like i said it's probably the one of the better sequels it's definitely better than three yes um that doesn't make me it doesn't have any characters where I want to see them actively die. Like I did Shelly like from the third movie, but mm-hmm. uh, overall it was good. Uh, one thing I will say is the poster for this movie is probably the poster I most associate with Friday the 13th mm-hmm. because again, my, I used to love just studying like video covers and like blockbuster and video stores. And this is the, always the cover I would always associate with yeah. Friday the 13th. I mean, it's a great cover. You're talking about the one with, uh, you know, Jason's mask and the knife stabbed through the eye, right? Yeah. Yes. Just iconic. It it is. Uh, That one and the, unfortunately, the one for Jason Goes to Hell are the two that stick in my head the most. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one's iconic. This actually got a video game version, which is funny for the same console that uh, Corey Feldman's playing on, uh, ZX Spectrum. And uh, it has a uh, the same poster on the cover of that game. It was also released for like other computers and stuff as well. But right, well, yeah. I talked about that on on the first episode where I was playing yeah. the NES version of Friday yeah. the Thirteenth, and that's and that's like the the opening title sequence is like the knife flying into Jason's mask. Yeah, so it just shows you like this is where it all came together. The mask came in the last one, but I think this one really cemented it in people's heads. It is kind of funny that they were just like, they were like, oh yeah, that's, that's how we need to go. We need to keep the mask. Yeah, that's right. Like the third one happened and they were like, oh, the mask stays. When, you know, it, it would be interesting if the whole series did a different mask every time, but I, I think it works better with just the hockey mask, of course. Right. Well, they did say like, cause like I said, they, uh, they took Corey Feldman trick or treating, and they said like why they were out trick or treating. There was a ton of people dressed like hockey mask Jason. They said, yeah, yeah. that's cool. I think that's, I, I love. I also love that factoid that they took out the little kid that was working on the movie to trick or treat. That's, that's actually really sweet. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and one other fact too that we need to say is that this whole like two, three, and four happens over a weekend. Yeah, it is right. It it they all take place sequentially. It, it which is really interesting, right? Like, I guess not sequentially, but in timeline order, one after another after another. And I think that's cool. I think that's neat. But then soon we're gonna make a big time jump. A very very big time jump. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, 
last factoid is uh this movie was it was a big hit yeah i wanted to talk about that huge hit they were wanting to end this series because critics hated it the company even paramount hated being associated with these movies yeah because you know paramount had been around for so long they made so many classics and then they make these really gruesome horror movies but it's obvious they couldn't keep away because this movie, I, I have it right here. It cost, um, it costs 2.6 million to make and it made 33 million. That is an absolute insane amount of money for such a low budget. Right. Which I mean, now compared to movies now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but back then that was a lot of money. That, that, yeah, that they, was good. They didn't, back then it wasn't like, Oh, we have to sink a hundred million dollars of our budget just into advertising. Mm-hmm. It's like, now it's like, oh, that's 100% profit. We we made 15 times our budget back. Yeah. So. And I mean, obviously Paramount didn't hate it enough to not make them anymore. Because if they really actually hated it, they would have just stopped it for real. Um, but they kept so, pumping them out. Like, like we said, this movie was a hit. And so much so that we couldn't ignore it, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. So I know it says final chapter, but there is also... A new beginning. A new beginning. So that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, Friday the 13th, part five, that one is available on Paramount Plus. It is, so yeah. You can watch it over there. But until then, if you have any thoughts, opinions on the podcast or Friday the 13th, please email us at drive in double feature podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DIDFpod where we post our schedule and let you know when the episodes get dropped. But until tomorrow. Until tomorrow.